Welcome to the Worship Vine Podcast. I'm your host, Tammy Bakken. We're going to be covering content and topics that hopefully are relevant to you and that are encouraging to you. As we explore what God is doing in our city of Columbus, Ohio, we're going to be talking to folks who are dreaming over this city, praying over this city, gathering people in worship here in our backyards. And we hope again that you feel part of this community. If you're wondering what the Worship Vine is, that's exactly what it is. It's just a gathering of folks who love Jesus, who want the best for our city, and who are listening to us voice and doing the work. So not just worship leaders and pastors, but again, those who are listening and following the voice of God for the best for our city. Jump into the vine. If you haven't already, go to our website, worshipvine.com for more information, resources, and just ways to jump into this vine. John 15 says, he is the vine, we are the branches. And likewise in our city, we are the branches of what God is doing when we listen to his voice. So we're thankful you're with us today for this episode with Matt Sweezy. Let's jump in. Well, hey, Matt, welcome. We're so glad you're here with us today. Heck yeah. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. So uh, let's let's introduce you to our listeners. This is Matt Sweezy. Like, and what'd you say? How do you say your name? It's just easy with an SW on the front of it. That's easy. That's the best. I always think, like, I love your name because it sounds like some kind of, like, amazing, like, rad hip-hop, like, stage day. Like, sleazy. (laughs) I wish. I absolutely wish. But growing up in the middle of Kentucky just says something different. Oh, shoot. It's absolutely different. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're here with us. We're really excited to hear your story today. Let's just start with how the heck you ended up in Columbus. Like, have you been here for a long time or wait, you just got here. Yeah, we just hit the one year mark uh, back in early November. Uh, We came here uh, to help actually plant a site of a church Mm. uh, called Crossroads Church Mm -hmm. based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, it's where my wife and I lived around for the past about 12 years. Mm. Um, yeah. Went to college there and just stuck around and then ended up here uh, really kind of as an act of obedience. We weren't really looking to go anywhere. Uh, we were looking to honestly kind of stay around the city. Got a lot of friends. Uh, wife's family lives there. All of that. And uh, God just kind of intervened. Uh, Mm -hmm. there was a moment last year when we were just praying and thinking through, um, God, what do you want for us? We kind of sensed something that was moving and, uh, he really spoke kind of clearly through, through imagery, Mm -hmm. uh, of, of kind of Abraham and Isaac. Okay. And, uh, weirdly enough, we were after a, a concert one night, my wife and I, like, we're sitting in the car at midnight and, uh, just came to me that, uh, this imagery, that God was kind of asking us to to put Isaac on the altar and that our Isaac was the idea of sticking around wow. uh, the place that we had just held so tightly mm-hmm. to in that. And uh, it felt like he was just really saying to us, like, will you give me the one thing you love the most? Wow. Um, and I knew that night, like, oh, gosh, we have to. We have to. Uh, so we opened up the doors uh, to interview lots of different places and anything that kind of came to us naturally. We just said, We're going to take this as a possibility from God uh, in that. And uh, at the end of it all, uh, you know, prayer that I had prayed years ago um, when I got a job offer here in Columbus Mm. uh, to help plant this site, um, really just gave the exact wordings of a prayer that I prayed about three years ago. And as soon as I saw the paper, 
I knew, like, man, it cannot get much clearer than this. We have Come to on. go to Columbus. Okay. So here we are. Yeah. So you had your sights on kind of anywhere. You weren't necessarily looking for the 614. You were yeah. like, wherever God's leading. And yet here it was. God was calling you into our city. Uh-huh. So how's Columbus Street News so far? This is my favorite question yeah. to ask <laughs> folks that just got here-ish. Like, are we, like, are we doing it right? Yeah, good people. It is. It is wildly different. I thought, um, and and maybe for listeners out there might disagree with this. So, um, I thought when we moved here, I was like, Columbus. It's it's in Ohio, so it's going to be the Midwest. Right. It's going to have similar vibes to to Cincy, and uh, like grew up in the country in Kentucky, so it'll have a little bit of those similar things. And uh, when we got to Columbus, we we're like, oh my gosh, this feels like almost feels like the Northeast Coast. Uh, in a way, it feels like fast paced, like yeah. culture feels a lot of the same ways. Uh, and I spent a little bit of time in the Northeast. So I was like, oh, this is this is familiar. I know I know how to kind of mm-hmm. handle these things and I know how to talk with people and and all that. Um, but it's good. It's just it's fast paced. There's so much like yeah. industry yeah, yeah. and there, there's so many dreamers. Uh, there's so much Come innovation on, yeah. that's happening here. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I, I I meet people all the time that uh, just around Columbus that are like, I'm writing a book, uh-huh. or I'm creating this new business, or yeah. you know, twenty somethings that I'm meeting and, and working like with our young adults ministry at our church, and uh, they're already in like you know incredibly high paying jobs in insurance companies or yeah. all this. I'm like, this is insane. Like, I'm not used to this. The city makes things happen. It makes things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, uh, this podcast at the heart of that is capturing what God is doing in the midst of all that in such a fast paced running type, uh, city. Yeah. <laughs> he is doing things in, um, people that you can see and notice yeah. and people that you don't like they're running fast in the background it's so incredible so that's really awesome um we're certainly thankful you're here in our city because um just in conversations with you i can already just we can see that god is just doing some amazing stirrings in you and through you and by you so we're going to talk about that before we jump into what he's doing now in your life let's backtrack a little bit so you said you spent some time in cincy uh doing what yeah uh so i went to college there Mm-hmm. Um, moved there from, again, grew up in Kentucky and uh, really just looking for kind of a college experience that was outside of something that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so visited Cincinnati for, you know, one of the first times in my life and was like, okay, this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so went to college there, uh, met my wife there, uh, and then uh, really just kind of stuck around. We built so much community. Yeah. Um, and and part of going to a Bible college in the middle of a city like Cincinnati uh, is that you just constantly connect with churches and yeah. church leaders and church goers mm-hmm. and uh, specifically artists, musicians, pastors, worship leaders all across the board. Yeah. Um, so we spent so much time, um, not just as a student at the university, but once we graduated, um, stuck around mm-hmm. um, and kind of in a, a part-time like mentorship capacity to yeah. some students there. Uh, and everything. So we we stuck around and fell in love with that of just seeing so many incredible students and gifted worship leaders mm-hmm. just like hone their craft and come into confidence of yeah. who God's called them to be and what he's what he's created them to do. Yeah. Uh in that that we were just like, man, this is it. Like this is the yeah. spot. So you were like you knew you were an activator if you will to some yeah. degree God was calling you into activating yeah those things or or mentoring them or supporting them. 
Yeah, as and they I, come to the calling that God had for them. Yeah, like I, I didn't know it at the time. Uh, I think as a young, I don't know, as a young like twenty something, mm-hmm. uh, I thought worship ministry was pretty one dimensional for me. It was like front man guitar, mm-hmm. like hop up, do the thing, mm-hmm. like sing the songs, program the stuff, yeah, uh, doing all that. And uh, and honestly, actually, God really set me down at my time uh, working at the university. Um, I remember it just in a worship gathering, uh, just sitting there and there was a, a CEO, uh, of Kroger, uh, mm-hmm. a past CEO of Kroger, uh, was, was, was a speaker that day wow. to the students. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, um, she had everything that she wanted, mm-hmm. uh, and it just, it just didn't feel enough yeah. inside of that. And so, uh, she created a ministry for, for women in the workplace to talk wow. about their faith and create all this. That's and like, awesome. she's like, I, I went from all of that and then like, uh, not even downgrades, not the right word, um, yeah. but stopped um, to just do what God was calling her to Step do. Step into the more of God, right? Yeah. yeah. And I knew in that moment, like I looked around as she said that, and I looked around at the students that were leading worship that day and all the students that were at the school and everything, and I just broke down in tears. And I was wow. like, I knew mm-hmm. in that moment that God was saying, like, I have something so much bigger for your life. It is so yeah. much better wow. to see these students thrive. It is so much better to give up your life, to see someone else elevated. Um, especially when like the temptation in worship ministry is to put yourself on a platform, right. yeah, you know, and all of that. And it was just, it's just something that just shifted inside of me. And it was like, this is, this is worth it. My entire life is wow. worth seeing students like this, seeing other people like this just thrive and grow and become who God wants them to be because that's how the kingdom expands. Wow. So even in your twenties, you were fathering, if you will. You were mentoring, you know, like we don't like to think of it that way. Like, and as a young age, you don't want to be like, I'm going to just skip over this point where I get to be the things and do the things and whatever, and step right into the background position or posture of holding the ladder for someone else and preferring them and preferring the God movements in them. Yeah. Um, And wanting to see that, like preferring it. You know, like you skipped over maybe Elijah to go right into Elijah yeah. or something, <laughs> yep. you know, like, yep. or you're, or you, you know, I, I just love these moments where you see God saying you could probably have all mm-hmm. that, but I'd rather you pour into this next generation. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So with running that fast right out of mm-hmm. college and all the ministry pieces, what does that do to you as you're charging forward and, you know, doing the things God's calling you to do and also seeing what God's calling into everyone else around you? What does that do to you? Like, yeah, how did you handle that being a young, <laughs> you know, and then meeting your wife and trying to do all the things yep. and how did that, how did that fold? Yeah, uh, it was balance uh, yeah. for sure. And I think, um, you know, somebody out there is probably going to roll their eyes at this, but um, big like Enneagram seven when the Enneagram became a big deal <laughs> yes. to like the church world. Right. Uh, I had about five friends call me in the same two months uh, when they read off the description of an Enneagram seven. And they're like, hey, have you read this thing? And why did as soon as I read this, like, right. it was you. They're self-diagnosing like, there's no, you. <laughs> they're it's like WebMD except like, for Enneagram. <laughs> right. They're like, oh, it's you, uh, the guy who runs too fast yeah. and who loves doesn't. Loves change. Yeah, yeah, loves change, doesn't always deal with his problems in the best way or the healthiest <laughs> Starts ways. Starts a new project out know? of nowhere. <laughs> right, yep. right. Um, sometimes doesn't follow through, which is the worst part of it, um, you know, and all that. But but running that fast, it was honestly, is exciting. Um, it was yeah. so fun. Uh, and especially, I think, when 
uh, there's a difference between running fast because you want to run fast, mm-hmm. um, because you want to see yourself thrive, mm-hmm. um, or running fast because you want to see your own success and all of that. And, and I found, I think, in that season that running fast only worked when it was elevating someone else. Mm. Um, running fast, like, it was it was tiring. There were a lot of nights where I'm like, I'm going to bed at midnight and I'm getting up for work the next day yeah. at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we were out the night before because the best ministry that happened was, you know, around the table at the sushi place. Right. You know, yeah. around the corner with students after rehearsals. Yeah. And um, my wife would say something different in that season for sure, uh, where she's always saying, like, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. Yeah. Um, and there were a few times, I think, inside of that that I was like, yep, I need to slow down. And part of that... Um, you know, came about a year and a half um, into us being married, uh, just running so fast inside of this. And um, I actually ended up getting like a diagnosis of anxiety disorder wow. uh, in that season because it was like I thought, um, you know, doing a worship event and hearts beating out of my chest. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, like I'm you know, I might have a heart yeah. attack or whatever. And um, there's happened to be paramedics in the building that took oh me my. aside and sat down, hooked me up to a heart monitor and all this stuff. And they're. They're going like, well, there's there's nothing like physically wrong, right. you know, with you. But but have you have you talked to a doctor about anxiety and and mm-hmm. all this? And it, it came at the same time, too, where like we had just got married. We had moved cities. We had, you know, all of this different stuff in our lives. Like there were the so many things going on at the same time right. that were just like, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was determined, you know, as sure. a 21, 22 year old to just keep running. Because right. it feels like often we excuse it that, you know, it's got, it's ministry. Yeah. It's, it's what God wants or whatever. We blame <laughs> God for so many things. Yeah. And then we just keep running because we want to be that resource. We want to be effective in ministry and be honoring of the house that we're serving in. Right. Or we want to be available to people. We want to shepherd well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened from there? Yeah. So, um, we just kind of we kept doing uh, the thing at the school. My wife got involved with it, which is a really sweet season for us mm-hmm. um, of, you know, we'd have college students at our house all the time. Nice. Um, you know, before we even had kids, before we even had our dog, um, you know, all that. They're like they're sitting on our couch and uh, <laughs> you had a just, lot of kids before you had a lot of kids. We did. <laughs> and it's funny that the dad thing is they would always joke and they'd be like, Matt, you're such a dad and all this. Wow. I'm like, Stop. This is insulting. Right. <laughs> Uh, you know, and, and later on, they were some of the first people to know that we were pregnant with our first kid. Uh-huh. You know, and they're like, you really are You're a really dad. Really? <laughs> <laughs> we told you this the whole time. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, 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 it's Just whatever. prophetic moments yeah, in your home. Right? They're all going like, you're you're the best. I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. It's like somebody in his mid-20s when you're like, you're such a dad. And I'm like, oh, I want to be young. Like, I want to yeah. run, you know, and do all this. Um, but we had an incredible, incredible season. Um you know, working the school, and uh, at the same time, we were um, also working full time at a church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when um, school thing was part time, full time worship pastor at a mm-hmm. church. Um, you know, doing that, so we're balancing both of these things, um, and it's honestly a really sweet thing there because so many of the students that were at the college uh, would attend on Sunday mornings at our church, and we would do student ministry worship things. So mm-hmm. they would come in, and we go. We need somebody to play bass tonight. And they're like, oh, please. Like, there was a mm-hmm. list. There was a line of people sure. who were like, I want to be here because all my friends are here. And it was this cool connection point, mm-hmm. um, I think, between between both places uh, yeah. in that. And, uh, and and in all honesty, a lot of ways, um, you know, in this, in this kind of fast-paced running thing, um, I, I think back to, to the anxiety disorder um, and all that stuff and figuring out ways to 
to balance, um, but also figuring out things in our lives that we're going like, hey, something's something's out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something something inside of this isn't right. Whether it was like definitely needing rest patterns, definitely not spending yeah. enough like one on one solo time, yeah. or even I Sabbath, think, yeah. yeah, or even Sabbath was just nothing in our vernacular <laughs> mm. in that, which is crazy. Um, you know, my wife and I both grew up in churches and all this, and like Sabbath was kind of the thing you slapped on a Sunday that said you went to church. Wow. Uh, and did the thing you kind of rested, but like all of our but families were really. involved in ministry. Right. So I'm like, we were kids who were there at, you know, 6 a.m. sometimes or, you know, when we were old enough to serve somewhere, the church, right. we were like, all right, well, let's hop in a, you know, kids club or let's hop Anytime into. Anytime the doors you know? are open, you're going <laughs> exactly. to be there serving. Or, yeah. yeah. I grew up that way, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I, I think to tie all that together and everything, we didn't have, um, I think incredible boundaries of rest mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and uh, in a lot of ways, we didn't have incredible boundaries on our life. Mm. Um, you know, we, we both grew up in, in church spaces where, um, and I think specifically for me too, um, growing up, you know, in the Bible Belt, uh, mm-hmm. in the middle of, you know, Kentucky where culture is, it's different, yeah. um, you know, inside of that. And, and there's a lot of like, um, you know, are really, really good things that are like, you know, honor your elders and, sure. you know, listen to your parents. Right. And, um, you know, I was I was a kid who never really wanted to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And part of not getting in trouble, uh, I think, was was trying to make friends with the people around me, with people in authority around mm-hmm. me, you know, whether it's like a teacher uh, mm-hmm. or a pastor mm-hmm. or, you know, family or or those things. Um, and I, I never really... Um, kind of grew in I think into a confident voice of going like oh oh man like God's God's created me as an individual um God's created me to be able to um I don't really to steward things uh Mm. to listen for his voice for Mm -hmm. his call in my own life instead of living out somebody else's yeah um in that and I think I think part of that season of anxiety was that um I was so used to um whatever um We'll put it in church context in that like that whatever, uh, you know, a pastor of a church uh, was called a lead pastor or, you know, senior pastor, whatever in that, like whatever they said, like that was that was the vision for every person in the church. Mm. Um, and it, it certainly is like the vision for the direction of the church, for mm. sure. Um, and there's a lot of good things to say about like submitting to your leaders mm-hmm. uh, in that. And I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but I think some of the boundaries I never really learned were that like it was okay to disagree, mm. um, that it was okay to stop and go, I have questions about that. Yeah. Like, can we talk about that sure. thing and all that? It was more kind of just, um, you know, whether it was my own thinking or something that I learned growing up, um, was just like, you, you kind of just listen, you kind of just listen to what somebody tells you to do. And especially, you know, as a, as pastors of churches, it's like, oh, well, that like that's God's guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. God's gal. Like, mm-hmm. um, so certainly like what they're saying is the thing that that I should do, you know, mm-hmm. in that. So when um, uh, when I found myself like early 20s working in a church where I encountered the first thing that a leader in the church that I was working for, like said or did or wanted me to do that didn't feel good. Mm. Um and not the kind of feel good that's like, oh man, like my pride is insulted. Right, like I, I don't, don't really want to do this. Yeah, or, yeah, like, you know, and all that. But it was, it was like a, um, like oh, integrity. Yeah, like oh my gosh, like I, this goes against mm. something that I feel like I'm supposed to do. Mm. Um, and I went, oh, and it wasn't, it wasn't sinful. 
Sure. Um, by any means. Like, nobody was asking me to do anything sinful. It was just a little tweak of a direction that was like, oh, no. Like, I feel like God is leading me in a different direction mm. um, inside of this. Um, but it wasn't leading me in a different direction that was like, leading me to a different church right it was not <laughs> uh or like hey you quit your job and move uh right. you know and all of that at the time uh with that and uh the the most confusing thing i think that was happening was that um i was doing ministry in a specific way or function maybe it's um you know discipleship like one-on-one mm-hmm. um you know those kinds of things I- i'm doing this over at the university uh in a specific way um and then I would go and like do similar things at the church that I was working at, mm-hmm. uh, and it would thrive in one place, mm-hmm. and it just didn't in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the thing that was underneath all of that was that um, man, this is the way that I felt like God had said to to go mm-hmm. and do that, and I was so confused because I'm like, how do I know? How do I know what's right? How do I know if I'm doing this right? Because mm-hmm. if one place it, it's thriving, if one place it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, if one place it's welcomed and, and in another place mm. it's it's discouraged mm. uh, in that, like, what do you do? You know, yeah. and there's a lot of really good uh, advice out there. It's like, well, you know, you look at the fruit, right? Mm. Uh, you look at the fruit of what you're doing. I'm like, well, I'm seeing fruit in one place yeah. and I'm not seeing it in the other. Um, but I feel like this is the way that God is, has led me to do this. And it, it as a 20 something, literally like sitting and going like, Am I crazy? Yeah, where am I supposed you know, to be? Am I, yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do yeah. um, You know, inside of this? Because I don't feel like God's calling me out of this church. Mm. I don't feel like he's calling me to stop doing this thing as mm. well. Um, what in the world do you do with that? Mm. You know? Like, yeah. I don't That's the. That's probably the long arc of, you know, discovering, like, younger as an anxiety disorder and then unpacking all of these things of going like, why does, why does that happen? And going like, Oh my goodness. Like, I don't even know how to have a conversation with my lead, like with my lead pastor to go like, I feel like God is asking me to, to move in this direction. I feel Mm -hmm. like God is asking me to do it in, in this way or with these people or all of that stuff. Like when discouragement and and maybe discouragement is not even the right word, but when just like when the gap in communication, Mm -hmm. Um, and the issue arises in that I didn't even have the ability without going into full panic mode to walk into my lead pastor's office and sit down and go, mm. I need to talk about this. Yeah. Like I need, I need to, Yeah. I don't know what to do with that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and worthy of staying true to what you feel like God is calling you to do, but also being again, honoring to the house that you're in and just exploring and seeking the revelation from the Lord. Like, do, what do you want me to do here? Mm-hmm. Um, versus what I'm doing or versus maybe I, I don't want to miss it. I don't yeah. want to miss if you've got me in a place for a season, you can do as much work as you want. I just don't want to miss that, that uh, revelation of what you, what you have. So I can, yeah, I can definitely, I, I think, we can all relate to that to some degree where we're in a spot and we feel like God's calling us to do something. And we're like, oh, it's not, right. you know, like, is this a wait season? Do right. we just wait it out? Do we, um, do we change ourselves? Are we the one that need to jump up on the potter's wheel and be recrafted into this space? Or is this a faith, faith walk mm-hmm. where we're saying, God, I think you're calling me to something and it's going to be sacrificial in nature. Yeah. So I'm going to have to Abraham and Isaac this and uh, give up what I 
what I feel was going to happen or mm-hmm. what my plan was. So talk a little bit about that. We were talking about um, the the promise of God yeah. versus the plan. Yeah. Right? So there's a promise that God gives us, and then there's a plan that we have. What are the different kinds of plans, though? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. Um, and I think um, – Gosh, it is it is so hard. Um, I think in today's day and age, too, when um, it's really easy to throw out like God promised me this, uh, or God spoke this, or uh, at least in my experience, sometimes like if I'm if I'm listening for God, like nine times out of ten, I will always go back mm. and say like, was that really? Mm. Was that really God, or is that just something I wanted? Mm-hmm. You know, in this. And again, like you go back and you look at the fruit, and you find you know the spaces and all that. My wife and I, even a couple of weeks ago, we were just like praying through a specific thing, and we're going like, "Is that actually God, or is that mm-hmm. is that a promise from Him? Is that something He's speaking, or is that something that we just want?" You know, mm-hmm. and we can go back and look, um, which is probably a whole other conversation, mm-hmm. maybe theologically somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in that, but like we can go back and look and go like, oh, if God's speaking it to both of us mm. at the same time, like my wife and I, like we're unified. Right. What are the measurements thing. of God's word? Yeah, <laughs> or like it's He's saying things to both of us, and it's popping up in the scriptures that we're reading, and mm-hmm. you know, and like yeah, maybe we're yeah, we're yeah. worshiping in a song, and we're both just breaking down in tears because we're like, this is clear, yeah. you know, <laughs> this is yeah. it, the um, obvious right. movement, yeah, right. So I I look back at that season a lot, and I think when I was in it, I couldn't recognize, like it was so hard. Mm. Um, and I, w- I was full of so much, uh, I think, self-doubt because mm. there were so many voices just coming yeah. from every angle. I've got, yeah. you know, in, in one hand, like working at the university, I've got people who are like, "This dude, this is it. This is what you're made for. Like I'm having moments like the, yeah. you know, the call that you have God saying like, this is this mm. is what your life should mm-hmm. be like. This mm-hmm. is this is what it's worth. Um, you know, in that, and then I've got moments where I've got other people, you know, on, on the staff of the church that I'm working at that are just like, that's not even true. Like, that's wow. not, you know, like, that's not the thing. Like, do, do what we want you to do. Like, this is what we yeah, think. Yeah, how countering is that yeah, to have to. like, your role should be this. Like, it should look that. like this. Yeah. Um, you know, and all this. And again, like, as a young 20-something, I'm like, I don't know who to listen to. Mm. Um, because, like, on one hand, like, I know what I feel. And I know mm. what I feel like God is speaking to me in this. And on the other hand, I was taught and led, you know, as a as a kid to grow up and listen, like, again, like. Your your pastor is is kind of like God's guy, mm-hmm. you know, in that. And so, like, what they have to say, yeah, just do what like, you're told. Yeah. yeah, do what you're told. Inside of that, like, they're obviously hearing from God for yeah. you, and and all this, you know. And so, for the first time in my life, I'm going like, oh my gosh, uh, I I think I might have to stand on what God's saying to me, mm. and I think that this is gonna hurt. Wow. Um, because I think it's. Uh, again, like Enneagram seven, want to be liked, want to be, yeah. you know, avoidance all this of stuff, pain. avoidance of uh-huh. pain. And I'm just like, this is the first time that I'm going to have to make decisions mm. on the way that I live my life that is going to, I, I think, honor what God's calling me to do, mm-hmm. terrifyingly enough, you know, yeah. in my context of that, that is going to utterly, like, it's going to feel like disobedience to somebody else. Mm. It's going to feel insulting to somebody else and so and and let me just jump in that's that's where the enemy works Mm -hmm. if if we're not careful that's where church hurt happens by you know when you feel god's called you into another ministry space or into whatever else he's called you whether that's in a formal ministry or just like knocking on doors and loving people um some 
when we're dealing with humans, <laughs> gathered humans, there's going to be personal hurt and right. there's going to be those things. And, and that's why it is. It is sacrificial and it is, it's hard for us to, to make those decisions because we don't want to hurt people. Right. We don't want to look at wherever we are in that, that space and say, I'm following the Lord. I have mm-hmm. to do this because I just, I want to please him first right. and not man, but I still love you. Right. I'm not, you know, and so leaving well and transitioning well yeah. is, is so important too. But, um, but yeah, I totally get what you're saying is, is like, it's almost like a David thing. Like yeah. how long do God, I've got this promise. Yep. I'm pretty sure God said it. Yeah. And confirmations a million list of long at that moment but then there's this season of like okay someone's trying to kill me someone's trying to get rid of me (laughs) you know and it's all the enemy work that tries to happen in between the the uh, word of the promise and the fulfillment Mm -hmm. of that promise is the enemy tries to come in and do all the things to derail us including like the the back and forth in our head like oh but if i leave this or if i you know so i get that so how did you overcome that? And then how did that? Yeah, uh, it was it was painful. Um, and I would it was painful and, and freeing all at the same time. Um, I think the overcoming within that season was um, and I'll say this, I think looking back on it now, like I see that as a season that God didn't waste. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at the time that I spent there as God saying like, I'm trying to strengthen the muscle of you listening to me mm-hmm. over people. Mm-hmm. Um, you've lived your whole life. You want you want approval from people. You wow. want, you know, it, it goes back to the, man. It yeah, bases down it's the, the like, man. I don't want to, I want to be friends with, you know, my sure. teachers. I don't want to sure. upset authority and, and all that. And God's saying like, but I, but I am authority. Mm. And, and I think most of my life I, I, I walked through that path of like, well, no, God's authority is spoken through. You know, whoever the leader is on my church staff and all that. And I think that's true. I think that's true to an element for sure. Like the Bible talks all about, again, um, you know, submitting to authorities and and all this stuff. And like as much as you can until it diverges from what God is asking you to do. Mm -hmm. And I think I think in that season, it took a lot of going like it took a lot of me sitting down, you know, with my wife constantly just going like it is this what God is speaking? Mm-hmm. Because if it is, if it is what God is speaking and how we should, and we're seeing fruit from this and, and mm-hmm. we still get like removed from it now, like we still get to see the fruit of it. We're still connected yeah. with so many friends and That's so many awesome. students that have just like mm-hmm. grown from that. So it's, it's, it's kind affirmation and confirmation sure. from God to say like, it was right. Yeah. You know, keep running in that. Um, but I also had to learn, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I also had to learn, um, a lot about confrontation. <laughs> yeah. A lot that it's it's actually not an evil thing. Um, I also had to learn and, and kind of un, undo this learning um, that was like I am – and even saying it out loud just sounds wild and crazy now. Um, but that like if I'm not a lead pastor on a church staff, like I have less authority. Mm-hmm. I have less um, – I have less calling. I have less mm-hmm. – um, yeah, I think I saying I have less authority to walk in the things that God has for me because 
if somebody in authority or leadership above me mm. and that says something different then then again my my mo was to like i've got to listen to that person just a default yeah mm. I, i've got to do that and it, it took me so long to to realize like i i don't know if that's how god created okay. things like there's authorities all over uh, planet Earth, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's like presidencies or, mm-hmm. um, you know, church leadership mm-hmm. or school administrations or, mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Um, but, you know, when the Bible talks about like God has made them a little lower than the angels, like mm-hmm. talking about humanity mm-hmm. inside of that, then like there's one authority and yeah. all authority in heaven on earth has been given to Jesus at the right yeah. hand of God. Yeah. And so overcoming that took me finally believing like, no, I believe that's true, yeah. God. Like what all, he says is all true. authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. And if you're speaking this to me, yeah, then I have a duty to follow that. And yeah. and maybe this is just an incredible test that needs to refine some character yeah. things, you know. Not to walk in every church and say, like, you know, forget authority, right. like don't no, no, you know, no. don't yeah. all of that stuff. Um, but to walk in and go like when faced with those hard things, mm-hmm. you know, I think about um like David and Saul. Mm-hmm. You know, Saul was still a king and mm-hmm. Saul had motives and things that he told people to do that mm-hmm. weren't in the interest of God, mm-hmm. which is why, like, God raises up David as the king. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't take Saul out of the authority right? yet. Like, it did later on, but there was a long time that Saul was still the king right? doing things that were not in God's interest and God raises up somebody else. And so, you know, in that same vein, in that same question, like, you know, if David just sat back and said, no, God, I'm not going to do what you told me to do because Saul's the king. Yeah. I'm going to listen to Saul inside of that. Like there, there's a disobedience yeah. at work inside of that. Yeah. And and I think the story of David shows something really, really well about um, how to navigate that yeah. in a church staff, too. Yeah. Because David had the opportunity to go and, and kill Saul. Right. And he still honored him. And, and he, he honored, honored him. Like, and he yeah. showed him. He's like, hey, look, like, I could have done this and I still honor you. Yeah. You know, in that, which just makes Saul even more mad, you know. Sure. With this. But, <laughs> you know, it, so there's there's definitely fallout, you know, yeah. I, I think when those things happen in reality. But um, I think overcoming that for me is looking at the example of David and going like, there is an obedience mm-hmm. that has to be followed to God and that God will, will reward because yeah. he's God and he's good and all of that. Um, and, like, there's absolutely fear, I think, of man. Like, people can do some real damage, Yeah. Um, you know, inside of that. And we walk through a lot of that. Um, because because when you leave what you've known and what people have told you of who you are, whether or not mm. they felt that is from the Lord. And sometimes, yes, we receive words. If you hang out in church camps at some point in your life, <laughs> you'll probably have someone speak something over you and certainly pray over that, you know, give that to God and say, does this resonate? Does this match up with your word? Know how to measure those things. Um, but I think about like what those things do in our lives, like the identity mm-hmm. of what's what we've just assumed or heard or whatever versus the identity of what God's called us into. So those dictate how we act and how we respond instead of the like stepping out into the middle of the water that I can't walk on and saying, mm-hmm. I don't know what my identity is. I don't know what any of this is. I'm washing my mind and my heart of what anyone's ever maybe said about me and choosing to say, God, you're defining this to me by the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what's kind of scary about that. And that's the true faith walk is like, I know what you've told me. 
I don't know all of it because mm-hmm. I can't understand all of it because it's heavenly in nature. But like, I'm going to step into that learning with you, Jesus, as we walk together Yeah, and leaving that whatever that was. And truly, if you receive prophetic messages in the past over that, they'll line up and it'll (laughs) open up right in front of your eyes with every step you take with Jesus. But there is a moment where you have to wash your mind and your heart and your spirit Mm -hmm. of those things that, again, like, well, so-and-so is always said, or this whatever is always said, or even it's might even be a parent thing. Like some of us have great parents, some of us don't. And there's some things, again, it's just a neurological thing where we're like forgetting some of the things have been put on us by others Mm -hmm. and they hinder us for so long even in ministry even if you know wherever we are ministering we have to get rid of those things and walk on the water with jesus to help them identify to us as we go but it's it's a lot of unknown Yeah. yeah and and i would say too to your point we almost skirted on the concept of burnout too Mm -hmm. like when you're running into spaces forever and ever and ever that's where burnout can happen because like the oil Mm -hmm. dries if you will um because it is it's something that's been put on us Mm -hmm. instead of walking in what god has called us into necessarily yeah now granted there's people that are called right into the spaces that god's wanted to and they're experiencing burnout just because they pour and pour and pour and pour and you have to find (laughs) like going back to our original conversation of sabbath and rest moments um but it is it's it's you're going to burn out Unless you are in the spaces God wants you to, mm-hmm. because then it's self. It's like flesh all day long. Yeah. Stirring this yeah. and churning it. And you're you're just going to burn out. Uh-huh. Like there's no fruit in that. Right. And that's when you're like, OK, God, where are you? I thought you called me to this. Right. <laughs> where are you? And he's like, Ugh, I don't know. I mean, like I yeah. had you over here in yep. theory, but <laughs> yep. you're still like churning over there. So, you know, if you're in the middle of burnout, I just want to I just want to talk to our listeners. If you're in the middle of burnout. Um, we're praying with you. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. There's a lot of folks that, um, again, even if you don't have a title in ministry or you're in a formal space anywhere, um, in the Christian walk, it's easy to keep pouring and keep pouring and find your place, your space in the middle of a burnout. So we're praying for you. Obviously, find those moments of Sabbath and rest and recoup and ask the Lord, God, is it possible that you're calling me into some different spaces than I am right now? Mm. Are you calling me into more? You call me into different. Like, it's easy for us. This is a worship full podcast. It's yeah. easy for us to be like, well, I've always been a whatever. I've uh-huh. always been someone that just gathers people and worship or pray. I'm mm-hmm. a prayer intercessor. And those are good things. We have to do those. But maybe God's like, well, maybe for this season, I want you to step into a more whatever prophetic space. I want you to gather people and do local missions, whatever. Mm. So those things will Uh, keep you from burnout when you're staying close to the Lord, right? His presence is so filling like that. Well, that was part one of a two-part series as we talk with Matt about staying true to your calling, even when it means sacrifice. Join us next time as we finish this talk about promises versus plans, burnout, man-made identities, and genuine connections without agenda. The Heart of the Worship Vine is to be a resource for you, a place of encouragement, a place to find information, and also ways to connect to other worshipers in our city. For more information or to connect to today's guest, be sure to connect on worshipvine.com. We'll also put the links below for your convenience. And while you're there, hit subscribe and share with others that these talks might be beneficial or relevant in their lives. We'll see you next time.